Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize we all have different definitions to success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you when you listen to my show. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. My next guest is an award-winning legal journalist, Victims' Right Advocate and a New York Times bestselling author of four books. She was the force behind CNN Headline News' top-rated Nancy Grace. She now headlines Injustice with Nancy Grace on the Oxygen Channel, which was renewed for a second season. She is the founder and publisher of CrimeOnline.com, a digital platform that investigates breaking crime news, highlights missing people, and helps solve unsolved homicides. The iconic legal commentator and TV journalist is on the show today to discuss her new book, Don't Be a Victim, Fighting Back, against America's crime wave. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, a true crime fighter, Nancy Grace. Wow, that was some intro. I'm very flattered, but I'm also very honored to be on with you. And thank you for inviting me. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show because I, I, I have a 23-year-old daughter. And, um, and, I've, and so I raised her in the Nancy Grace era. OK, watching you <laughs> taking that advice, you know what I'm saying? And my wife used to always say, boy, you just I said, look, look, we're not going to do that. The nasty aggressive said we shouldn't do that. And so when I when I got to this book, it was kind of like a, a journey down memory lane for me and watching your career, because you've always been open. You've always been honest about your passion for making sure we don't make the mistake or even the mistake that you have made, because you've told us you've made mistakes and people around you have made mistakes. What was the what was the core reason for writing this particular book? You know, um, that's a really good question. I'll tell you why, because I want to change the world. I want to make a difference. And yes, uh, trying to find missing people, especially children, trying to solve unsolved homicides, trying to figure out cold cases. I guess that does make a difference. But you know what? I was used to getting immediate gratification when I tried cases. Mm -hmm. I would work, 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 just beat the streets to get all the witnesses, all the information, all the evidence I could, take it to the jury. And by the end of the trial, be it three days or three weeks or three months, I'd have an answer, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Not so when you're on TV, not so when you're on radio, not so when you're writing articles for your website. Right. You never really know if you have an impact. I wanted to do more. Therefore, I wanted to take all those years of investigating, all those years of covering cases and try to make a difference. And that's what I did with the book. And you really did. You really did. And the sad part, because you documented the book with actual stories. And the reason I like that is because a lot of people, you give people advice and they kind of blow you off. I'm just not saying you. I'm just saying this in general. You go, hold up. Before you blow me off and reading this book, here's a true story. And this is what happened to these people. And I think that was really key strategy in putting together this book. Correct. 
Oh, it really is. Here, here's the thing. Um, you know, I don't know if you noticed this, but did you notice that Christ always talked in parables? Mm-hmm. You know why? Because I can understand them, even me. Mm-hmm. I get it. Right. I may not understand what he was saying, but if it weren't for those parables, but I would try to explain the law to a jury, I would use examples. For instance, when I would explain circumstantial evidence, I would say, you go in your office building, building. it's bright and, bright and shiny outside, but by the end of the day, by the time you come out of your building, you see women rushing by, hugging their raincoats to their chest. You right. see people running by with umbrellas. You notice pools of water on the sidewalk. You don't have to see the storm to know that it rained. That's circumstantial evidence, okay? So when I started writing the book, I thought, how can I explain and help people based on what I've learned through all the cases I prosecuted and all the cases I've covered? The only way is to give an example. You really, and they were really good and bad. But the sad part about it is that this is just a few of many stories you could have put in the book. That's the really the tragic part about this is that this was not like a rare. These are not rare stories. These were stories that you chose that you could you could you can consolidate, get to the beginning, middle, and end real fast. But there's so many stories out there that could have filled these pages, and it's a wonderful read. I'm talking to Nancy Grace. She's on the show talking about her new book, fantastic book. It officially comes out September 22nd, but you can buy the book early. That's what we do on this show. We promote early. Go out there and pre-purchase the book so we can be number one for have a book number one on number one for a New York Times bestseller. Don't be a victim fighting back against crime, America's crime wave. This book. Don't be a victim fighting back against America's crime wave. Here's something about hey, your son. I want to tell you something else. Hold mm-hmm. on, I want to tell you something else. Mm-hmm. Something funny and something poignant. When you were saying all this is based on so many true stories mm-hmm. and that there were so many more I could have put in there, this is this is a funny anecdote. When I was writing the book, I remember all those nights in a dark studio, I would say, so-and-so's missing. We're on the lookout for, let me just say, a blue Hyundai. We're right. on the lookout for a white minivan. But I had so many examples writing this book mm-hmm. that they finally said, hey, you've got, you've got too many examples. We're going to have to cull it back. All right? yes. We're going to have to do volume two. So I actually had to cut out examples because there were so many examples. And also, a real reason I want and hope people do pre-order the book because not only is it a testament for people like your 23-year-old daughter about how to live Mm -hmm. free but safe. I don't like rules put on me, but Mm -hmm. I want my daughter to be safe, too. But I'm donating money to help find missing children out of the proceeds of this book. And I just want that out there. Well, I'm going to help promote that because of the fact that because like when I said in your intro, you're a true crime fighter. And this book is about it's it's about this book like to me, I'm I'm just saying that just using the word Bible of information that you give that is not. You you go from cruise ships to RVs to hotels to to schools to to jobs to getting on the elevator. It was just a, it was just a volume of information going. Wow, she's going to cover this too. She's going to cover this too. But I I want to just uh, lighten up the story a little bit before we get deep about. It. You have twins, and in reading this book, John David, John David is going to give you a heart attack, Nancy. <laughs> He's going to give you a heart. It started in the drugstore when he went into the toy section. And then he was reading Nicholas of Oz, the online predator. And then on the cruise ship. 
when he left. And you run around dragging little Lucy around that cruise ship trying to find that boy. That boy is I'm going always, to be the death of you, Nancy Grace. I am always dragging Lucy <laughs> trying to find John David. But yet I tell John David, I'm going to say, you put that on my grave. Where's Lucy? I'm always saying, where's Lucy? But John David is really the one that leads me on all these wild goose chases. And yes, I use them. And honey, I watch them like a hawk. I try not to let them know. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, mom, right. is that a nanny cam? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I'd laugh so hard because because I would like that's me. That's me with my little daughter. My, my wife would say, "You're just so paranoid." Because you know the interesting thing about it, Nancy, is that see, we are in the media. You know, I'm in the media just like you, but not as detailed because you're in the crime fight and you get information I don't get. But we still aware, and that awareness can. I'm not going to use the word paranoid, but it does make us aware that okay, that could actually happen. And so we see things differently. We approach bully situations a little bit early, a little bit more aggressive if we see it happening. We're just not going to let this play out. We're going to nip this in the bud right now. And you talk about that in the book. And so it's really important that when you when I when I promote the people to buy this book, because like I said, it's a safety safety book. I'm going to buy this book and have my 23 year old daughter read it because it's not just about school age kids. It's about life. Going to the malls, walking in the parks, going to staying in hotels, going on resorts, cruise ships, all this information. How did you, first of all, this is a TV show, by the way. How did you manage to pull all this information together without losing your mind, Nancy? Well, some would argue I have lost my mind, but I always say I'm not paranoid that people are trying to hurt my children. Absolutely. They are. Mm -hmm. They are. And they're not targeting just my children. They're targeting any child. And here's the kicker. By the time someone is caught and apprehended for child molestation, they have molested literally hundreds of times. That's how prevalent it is. And these people, it's not some perv at the edge of the park in a raincoat. It's people that you come in contact with right. at your church, at your scout troop, here, there. Honey, did I t- when my twins got into scouts, you know, I had to become a volunteer right. and go and camp with them at scout camp to make sure nothing happened. I'm happy to report that the scouts are some of the greatest people I've ever met. And maybe next year I'll let them go without mommy camping in a tent 20 feet away. Yes. Yes, I know what you're thinking, but I did it. And not only that, I made my husband, who's a workaholic like you, take off work for a week and also go. So, yes, it may sound paranoid to some people, but like you and me, we read it every day and I react. And I don't want these things to happen to other people. How many times have I left a victim's home? Because, you know, I don't just meet them at the courthouse. I want to go to their home. I want to see where they live. I want to sit down and talk to them. I want to look at the baby photo albums. I want to know it all. And I walk out of that home, and I feel the weight of the world on me, trying to figure out how can I help this family. All I could do then was to get a true verdict in court to give them some sense of justice. But now, with this book, maybe I can prevent them from ever being a victim. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. 
CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. And that's really important. And uh, you said something about camp and uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic as this interview is happening. And you created a downloadable chapter and you said it's free, correct? They can download coronavirus crimes. It is free. How could I charge How, okay, first of all, first of all, first Even of all if I'm going to just tell you this, Nancy. Thank you. First of all, thank you. Because this is not something that's kind of like a throwaway. This is very detailed that she's provided to us. And uh, that's a testament to your personality. That's a testament to what you're trying to do for us. And now, before you get in detail, I don't want to be remiss and say, because I read it and I read that I went because I do a lot of COVID-19 interviews. I'm kind of like a pandemic expert when it comes to the COVID-19, the CARES Act and the Family Response Act. And so I know when I read stuff, I go, wow, she put some time into this and it's free. So but but with, with that being said, there is a need for it. And tell us, tell us everybody why there's an important need that they download this bonus chapter. That's free. Yeah, it is free. And you can find it at crimeonline.com. You can find it on Dr. Oz's site. You mm-hmm. can find it at Hachette, the book publishing site, for free. Because I had just turned the book into the publisher. Right. And it was a long time researching and writing that book. I do my own research. I write it myself. I don't have a ghostwriter. I write it. Um, then, after I did that, I started audio recording it. I did my own audio recording of it, too. Mm-hmm. Then COVID broke out. Right. COVID broke out. The book had already gone to publishers. And I thought, I want this out now. I can't wait for the book to come out in September. COVID's happening now. It's true. So I got busy. I rewrote another, about a 30-page chapter, Mm -hmm. very detailed about COVID crimes. So not only are people fighting for their lives, losing their jobs, worrying about their family, who's going to catch COVID, their children, am I going to send them back to school, what's going to happen? Not only do you have to worry about that, you have to worry about COVID crimes, people taking advantage of other people during the COVID pandemic, which I think is the worst of the worst. It really is. And I because like I said, I'm out there on the media. Uh, they ask me for my advice and I talk about the pandemic. And it, it's really sad when we have what's happening right now with uh, checks that may be ending this week until the Congress decides to uh, do stimulus package, too. But the details of this book, of this downloadable chapter are incredible. You talk about door to door coronavirus text, fraudsters. You mentioned Jim Baker, Perel Pirates, while wow, robocalls for coronavirus, because we don't know. We don't know. I, You know, there's no cure. I was talking to my wife. I was saying, I would tell us that there really isn't a cure. So when people go in the hospital, you know, they're really like just trying to sustain themselves and survive the process because technically there isn't a vaccine or a like uh, some like NyQuil you can give somebody if they got the cold or the flu. 
They have nothing like that. And so this book is kind of like, to me, the NyQuil for us to avoid issues out there when it comes to coronavirus crime. Now that door to door, the fraudsters, it was some things in here that that just really blew me away. The Purell Pirates. Could you go in detail about that? Oh, my stars. The Purell Pirates, what they did, and they're more like them. Uh, there was a big run on Purell, face masks, yes. of course, paper towels and toilet paper, but that, I can't address that. They did not teach toilet paper in law mm-hmm. school. But I can tell you this much. These guys and others like them would go buy up all the Purell at all the Dollar Tree, Dollar General's, grocery stores, hoard it, and then sell it for hundreds of dollars. And you also have to watch out for fake Purell, right. uh, Purell that doesn't meet the right standards to do any good. Then you've got actually toxic Purell is happening now. The methanol. It's the not methanol. Pure, it's mm-hmm. not, it's, yeah, it's not Purell. That's a name brand. That's mm-hmm. a toxic hand sanitizer. Purell mm-hmm. is not toxic. Right. But all type of scams are happening now. The bottle right kind of looks like now. Purell, you know, it kind of looks like Lysol, but it's not. Got the color stone. You know, all the schemes are close, but it's not it. Just enough it's to make total you blink. fakery. Mm-hmm. Total fakery. And another thing that really got off with me is when Jim Baker right. had that expert that. on his show. And, you know, it's bad enough. But when you profess to be a man of God and people believe in you and people listen to you right. and then you put out there some cure, some fake cure. Yeah. The state governments are on him now. That had to be stopped. And there's so many fake cures out there, and people are buying it. Number one, it could be a health risk, a serious health risk. But number two, you lose your money. Number three, it's not a cure for COVID. That's incredible. I um, I have the, if you don't mind, I have a fan newsletter that goes out every Wednesday to 94,000 fans and growing. I like to put this link in there, which will go back to your website so they can find this. I like to put it on my website. It's over a million, not website, my Facebook is over a million social media followers. I have, it's 80, it's, I can't believe it, it's 90% of my followers are female. And so I'd love to get this information about covert corruption. COVID-19 to them. Uh, but I know, again, this is just part of your brand, but I want to let you know this. I'm doing my part to get the word out. And that's why I brought you on the show. Do you know when you said that, it actually made me tear up. I can go in and try a serial killer, go to autopsies, crime scenes, you name, you name it, never shed a tear. But when somebody does something kind, it almost always brings me to tears. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. I mean, like I said, I'm a fan of you. And because I know, you see, the, the people don't understand this because there's so much weight that's carried on your shoulders because of the fact that people sometimes expect miracles. Sometimes people come to you hoping that you can find their child or find or solve a crime that's a cold crime. And that's a lot of weight because guess what? You can only do so much. And but that doesn't mean you wake up the next day feeling any better. Because you could, you did resolve, solve it or you didn't solve it. But that's what this book is about is this book that you have. Don't be a victim. You know, you have it. It's, it's, it's broken down into parts like how do I protect my child, which which we knew was going to be in there. Then it goes to protecting yourself. That part right there was a phenomenal section for me. That's part two. And then part three, travel safe, 
Don't be a statistic. And then the part five, protecting our elderly. Of all these parts in the book, what was the most tr- most uh, emotionally charged for you? I know you have the twins, so I'm sure that you know, protecting your child had a personal calling for you. But when I saw that protecting our elderly at the end, that kind of like made me sit up in my chair going, wow, never even thought about this. Talk to me, Nancy. Well, I got to tell you something in addition to the twins now. Since my father went to heaven, mm-hmm. he was my soulmate. Don't tell my husband. <laughs> my mom has been living with us, mm-hmm. and she is certainly a handful. Um, but I think about her as, you know, feisty as somebody can be at 89 years old. Right. She is. Mm-hmm. But I think of someone trying to take advantage of her or hurt her or scam her, and it's happened. She has been scammed online. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, how low can you go to attack or scam an, a little old lady, a little mm-hmm. old man? Right. I mean, how could you? Mm-hmm. But people, they're like, um, you know, in the jungle. They see the weakest person, a child or the elderly, right. and that's who they right. target. So that's how that got in there. But I got to tell you something. What really gets to me, mm-hmm. uh, what what was the most poignant part of the book was, I'm a crime victim. My fiance was murdered shortly before our wedding, and it changed my life. His life ended, and my world exploded. But little known, it took me over 20 years after Keith's murder to try again, and I married David. But then when I had the twins, it was like my life changed again, mm-hmm. and I finally really felt like I could love something 100%. Mm-hmm. And if anything ever happened to them, I, I really don't think I could stand it. Right. And other mothers and fathers feel the same way. And when I write each one of these stories, I can't help it. I think about them. And that is what I would, I, this book, even writing it, got me so upset. I remembered all these parents, all these families, all these victims' families that I would talk to over the course of this time. And it really, really broke my heart. But I know it's a story that has to be told. You know, here's the here's the stat that came out of me. You know, you you know the thing about this book is it has it's filled with so many stats, so many poignant stories, so many relatable information. I'm just going to share some of the things. But she comes out of the very top in the chapter. How do I protect my child? Nearly forty percent of child kidnappings are related to schools, bus stops, and school routes. That number scared me. Because reason it scared me because the fact that when you when your child's at school, you feel your child's at school, uh, your child going to the bus stop, you could have walked your child to the bus stop or been uh, been there to walk your child from the bus stop, and seeing your child go to on a school route, the same thing. So these things right here. The frustrating part about it, they can leave a parent if they become a victim into a long series of what ifs, and that's the tragic part about these timelines. Correct. Oh, it really is. Can I tell you how up into the twin school I am? Mm-hmm. I I take them. I pick them up. I drive through there. 
at different times of the day right. throughout the week and if you, I'm out in the car and about, oh, yes, I am all up in it. Yes. I know exactly where their classes are, which window goes to them, the works. I know it may sound a little bit overboard to a lot of people, but after doing what I do for my whole legal career, it's the least I can do to try to keep tabs on them and keep them safe. Well, you know, I, I, I wanted to just, that's why I wanted to bring the book into the frame. Because you said doing what you do. This book, because you know, this book is about every, for everybody, every regular, every parent, uh, every, anybody who's not a parent. If you live in a, a teenage life who's going to college, if you, you're a young person who's about to start their professional life, this book has a section in it that you should read. That's how important this book is. And more importantly about this book is that she shines a light on don't create comfort zones for yourself where you feel it's all right. You can drop your guard because she mentions, you know, especially in kids where attacks can happen in brand name places like McDonald's, not like Chick-fil-A. Not that she's trying to shine a negative light on it. She's just letting you know that in this world that we live in. You cannot be comfortable, especially with your children, especially with yourself. When you at a fancy highfalutin mall, you think, hey, crime will never happen over here. Well, you don't want to be the person that the crime happens to because you decided to drop your card. That was a, a story that you resonated throughout the each page. And it came across very loud and clear. And I and I want to thank you for doing that, because that was important to me, because I, I, I said, let me let me let me look up a couple of names just to see if they real. And I read about the little girl. Nicole, the 13 year old girl, Nicole, and Natalie Keepers, the, the little track star boy, David Eisenhower. I went, wow. These mm-hmm. stories. I know are exactly real. what you're talking about. I went, and I, I Natalie went, wow. was just, she was so, just cute, cute, cute. And she had lived through so much statistically, medically, she shouldn't have lived. She did. And then just as she's turning into a teen, everything's going good. She meets up with, I believe his name was Dr. Death online. Yes, real name David Eisenhower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Natalie Capers, his girlfriend, and um, she thought she, the little girl thought she had a boyfriend. Right. And this was a grown man in college, Mm -hmm. and he did not want anyone to find out about their sex relationship, so he killed the little girl. He killed her. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's uh, and then you then the great now that's the chapter where you know that uh, we talk about the cyber threats when little little uh, John David and uh, Nicholas of Oz story where you had to follow him in the room and look over his shoulder and he probably mommy don't be looking over my shoulder you go mm mm this Nancy Grace I'm your mom what you what you reading there son and that's what we have to do with our kids we have to invade their privacy sometime Miss Grace <laughs> well, let me tell you what happened the other day so we're all into camping we're all about right, camping right, right. and like my my daughter. Lucy, I mm-hmm. told you she's a scout. I don't mean the kind that go out and sell cookies. Mm-hmm. She goes out and camps. She can pitch a tent. She can start a fire. Mm-hmm. The works. So anyway, even now, I'm on John David. Right. Guess what he has done? I love he it. has set up his camping he has set up his camping tent in right. his bedroom, right. and he will get in it and watch his screen from the hammock. Right. So I can't see what he's watching. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, I said, what are you watching, son? And he said some Japanese name. I'm like, <laughs> oh, dear Lord. I thought it's Japanese pornography. Well, guess what it is? Mm-hmm. It's anime. Right. It's My like, daughter does um, that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, sci-fi, mm-hmm. anime, mm-hmm. thriller, kind of like right. Marvel. Right. But and okay, so once again, I've caught him being good. Right. Well, you know, he, he's he's a he's a funny uh, uh, trail through the book because of the fact that it reminds me. It just talks about your parenting. I think that that's why I'm talking about you. You're just an open person. You're an open book. You're saying that these situations happen to me. You may see me as being famous. You may say, "Think I have a lot of money," but I still have to parent. And as a parent, it's twenty four seven. It's seven days a week. It's 24 hours a day. And I don't care whether you're wealthy or you're struggling. You have to be focused. Now, the book shifts. Now, the first part one, part two was really about your child. Part two on got to the adult side of the book, which I really like. Why was it important to do the, you know, the protecting yourself, travel safe? Because part one and part two could have been a separate book by itself, Nancy. But then you say, you know something, I'm going to give them a book that when they walk and talk, anybody, the teenager can have this book. They can allow the young, they, they can preach knowledge to the young children. And also if they decide to travel as adults, they can have that. Why did you decide to put it all in one book? So many of the victims that I've represented in court have been children. Yes, ma'am. But I would say an equal amount have been adults. And the cases I've covered, so many missing women, missing teen, missing college students. You know, when you go to college, you think you know everything. You don't know anything. And so many, especially girls, fall prey at college. And the other day, um, you know, I work on my Hallmark movies, Mm -hmm. and they are born out of – a character I created when I moved to New York to launch a show with the late, great Johnny Cochran. Mm-hmm. He would go off. He was the toast of the town. Mm-hmm. He would go off after our show, which was at night, and I knew nobody. I'd go home to my old apartment. I was alone. I started writing this book. So a lady, a very dear friend of mine, Liz, that I work on the Hallmark shows with, son, went away to college while we were working on one of the one of the movies. And she was so worried about him. And it was right after a young man had been forced to force fed, basically, booze till he died at a frat party. And Mm. she was so afraid for her son. And I got to thinking about John, David, and Lucy going away to college. I don't like thinking about it. But I was thinking about all the things that could happen to them and all the times I go running or I take the twins walking Mm -hmm. with me or biking with me Mm -hmm. and all the cases I've covered where women were out jogging or biking or leaving their dorm or people my age out and about walking and jogging and how dangerous it is and how many times do you pull up at a red light? This is a chilling thought to me because I know the stats on how many people are out on pardon and parole. They can't all be hiding in some area of town. They are out with you at the mall, at the grocery store, in the parking lot, at the red light. Hey, when you don't know a horse, look at his track record. You think they won't offend again? They will. They will offend again, and they're sitting by you at the red light. That made me think about driving and -hmm. what happens when you're in a car and how to stay safe and what to do if you think you're being followed, what to do if somebody has road rage. There's just so many things to think about. And I want to address them because I have addressed them, not only in this book, but in court. Wow. 
Don't be a victim fighting back against America's crime wave um, out September 22nd, but you can buy it right now. She is the founder and publisher of CrimeOnline.com, a digital platform that investigates breaking crime news, highlights missing people, and helps solve unsolved homicides. Like I told you earlier, that COVID-19 downloadable link I'll be putting in my newsletter. It will go out this Wednesday to 94,000 followers. I'll be posting on my social media, which is 90% women, 10% men this week. Notifying the people about this information. More importantly, tell your people to send me some notices, some banners about your book, because I'm a fan, but I'm also like consider you a friend of mine because you've helped raise my daughter. You've helped keep my daughter safe. Uh, again, when she drives out of my driveway, I can't protect her. All I can do is just provide her with information that hopefully she'll make the right decision, Nancy. And you've given me the tools and you've given America the tools because you truly are a crime fighter. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, friend. We talk soon. All right. Get that stuff to me. Thank you, Nancy Grace, for calling right my show. Now. I love Bye you, dear. my friend. Thank you. I love you, my friend. Be safe. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Organ donations save lives, and some organs can even be donated by a living donor. August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, so let's check in with Dr. Danae Simpson, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us about the African American Transplant Access Program. So this is my baby. This is a program that I have dreamt about creating since I became interested in transplant as a trainee. And it's a program designed to address the significant disparities that our African-American patients face. The program is designed to educate patients about transplant, let them know what transplant can provide to them, and to help them access the resources that they find so scarce and so challenging to access in order to get them on the transplant path and back to, you know, some type of meaningful life. For more information, visit nm.org slash radio. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest, Mark Curry, rose to television and comedic fame when he won the Bay Area Black Comedy Competition. He is a comedian, actor, and writer. He's one of the various hosts of the syndicated series, It's Showtime at the Apollo. Curry starred in Nick at Night's first ever original live action comedy series, See Dad Run, Martin for Fox, The Jamie Foxx Show, Tyler Perry's House of Pain, Netflix, Family Reunion. He is now co-starring in new episodes of In the Cut, which airs every Wednesday on Bounce TV at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the very funny Mark Curry. Cling, 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 cling. Make that money, make that money, make that money. But are you saving that money? Are you spending that money? I'm, I'm what are you? Are you I'm keeping spinning. up with the Joneses? I'm spinning. Are we uh, keeping up with the Joneses? That's what we lose all our money trying to keep up with the Joneses. We, we really you know, do. Uh, you really got to keep up with yourself. We really do, Mark. We do, you know, the car, the house, you know, when I started this show is trying to get everybody's side of the story, you know, because we all have images of what success is all about. And I try to bring uh, individuals on who has different layers, different stories to tell. And I try to get that information in in an entertaining way so they can take it home and go, okay, hopefully I won't make the mistake or I'm making that mistake and I'm going to do it different based on the advice I heard on my show. And so when I got the opportunity to bring you on, you know, you're a stand up comedian. You know, we we, we cut our our lives on that. And then the COVID-19 hit in March. How did that affect right. you? And what, what, what how did how did that affect me? Yes. That's, we can't even say effect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it affect or effect? 
Effect. I'm sorry. Am I getting okay? Effect. I'm getting deep in it. You don't want me. I don't know how deep you want me to go in here. We're gonna go deep. It's gonna be a bullish conversation. Go finish. bullish. A bullish. Uh huh. It's gonna go bullish. Mm-hmm. Well, it affected me because if you look at any industry that yes. has been affected, the comedy industry has been devastated. Right. There's no industry has been devastated here. Just think this, sir. I was doing. I was about to do. Um, um, let me see. I just did the Oakland Coliseum. Let's just, just, just put a perspective. I just did the Oakland Coliseum a month before. I was just about to do Vegas, a residency in Vegas. Right. And suddenly all that is gone. My residency in Vegas, baby. I was I was going, I, this is for the high rollers in Vegas. This was right. the greatest gig in the world. It is. Because I didn't have to sell no tickets. It was just, just for the high rollers at a certain casino. Mm-hmm. So I was about to start that residency. Mm-hmm. I was on tour with Mike Epps and mm-hmm. some more. Mm-hmm. And suddenly all of it is gone. Is, is gone. It's not coming back. It's done. Mm-hmm. So here I am in in a world financially. I know that you got to have a diverse portfolio. Right. But my God, whoever thought of a portfolio that is, you know, adverse. Right. right. So I you know. So I, here I am. I don't know what to do. You know, I, I panicked the first couple of months. I panicked. I just panicked. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, where do I get in? Where do I fit in? Is this going to be virtual? Is this going to be a virtual situation? Uh, uh, you know, what am I going to do? Right. I mean, I've been devastated, mm-hmm. devastated. So mm-hmm. just let you know, in the in the money marketing world, you have to, you know, program yourself for everything. You Absolutely. never know. This is this is this is something you talk about. Even if you have a diverse portfolio, that might not even work. Absolutely. You have to rethink the business. So uh, here I am. I know I'm a good comedian. I'm like, well, damn, what, what, what am I going to do? I said, well, you know what? Something's going to come out of this in any in any situation, there's a positive. Right. And um, if you look at uh, Madam C.J. Walker, I think she made her millions during the Depression. So there was hope. So I'm like, well, okay, wh- where, wh- where, what am I going? What's going to happen? What am I going to do? So I'm thinking virtual comedy is going to be is going to be the thing, you know. And so I, I just got myself and I just started writing. I said, well, I think the best comedian is going to win. Absolutely. And so that's all, all I did. You know, only thing I can do, and then. The, I had to change my business. I said, comedy is no longer a viable business to me to make money. Wow. So I, I got I Shoot, I don't know. I started looking at everything. I even looked at marijuana production. Right. I said, well, how much does it cost when these dudes be growing this stuff? And I called my boys and said, well, how much do you make on this thing? You know, I, I called everything I can do. You know, because I, I don't know let me, what a, to a, do. Let me mark. Was that tied to like, like this is just, just real talk, you know, like when the, when the yeah. pandemic hit, you know, I'm going to tell you something, man. It affected me mentally. You know, it affected my pocketbook, but yeah. it affected me mentally on how was I, was it really safe to go out in the streets? You know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like I said, because I, I went out there with all the equipment because it was in March. It was still cold because I didn't have a mask. I just put a ski mask on. And, uh, right. and, and then I went to Home Depot. I had my I had my rubber gloves. I had my Purell. I had Lysol. And I had all this stuff. And I got back to the car. I didn't. I didn't know the protocol. Do I take off my gloves? Is is my steering wheel gonna be safe? Did it really get into your head, or was I just one of those people that just well, reacted too out of control about it? Well, it got into my head, but I am a you know I, I look at you know I'm a, almost like a historian. Right. So I said this is this is this is happening. This is going. This is happening, and so I accepted it and I stayed at home. I didn't go anywhere. I said. At my age, I said, the thing I'm going to do, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to stay at home. And it mentally, mentally, it affected me. It didn't affect me till later. Right. 
you know, till later on, till four or five months later, I'm like, man, what is going on, man? This could, this could endure for a month. You know, I, I put my faith into the American government, the American way of life that we, we can fight anything. We're America. We have enough money to fight anything. So I right. said, this too will be, you know, eradicated. So just hang in there and hang in there because America is going to take care of it. But now we have divisiveness. We have pol- politicized wow. this disease. Mm-hmm. So it's politicized, which is, in, which is, you can't even think about it. Isn't it frustrating? Isn't it frustrating you. And that you hear that? And, you know, because just, just, you know, I, I try to be honest on my show. I, I allow the interview to go where the interview is going to go. But it is frustrating because uh, we're in an economy that's tied to unemployment is at a high rate. And, you know, you, and it affects minorities or black and brown people at a, at a twice yeah. rate. And then you have COVID-19 that affects African-American community at a high rate. And then they, then they tell you that 94 percent of the people who died from COVID-19 had uh, preconditions or pre-illnesses. So it's like, right. OK, you know, it, it puts you in a position of of. Who to believe and who to trust. Right, exactly. And where are you at on that whole trusting thing? Because it does impact how you move forward as a comedian, as an entertainer, as a businessman. Well, I don't trust anybody. Right. Now, mm-hmm. I just trust myself. Right. I cannot trust. I just had a show. I was doing I was supposed to do a show, matter of fact, Labor Day in Atlanta. Mm. I had, you know, five sold out shows, but then I was looking at the peak. I was looking at this disease. I was like, man, I ain't going. I, wow. I'm not going out there. And so I canceled it, mm. you know. And so I, I, I haven't worked yet. I'm going to work at the end of September. I said, I'm not going to work until November. So let me see. So I don't, my thing is this, what I, I would like. I would like to know what my chances are. And that's your government should tell you that. I should, you should be able to say, okay, blah, 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 blah. But we don't know. We don't, we don't know. So you have to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You know who you can't, I mean, you can't, I don't care who you are. You can't trust the government. They're not telling me the truth. I know. Are they not telling me what I need to know? I'm not trying to be political, but my guy, I just want to know how to stay safe. Right. And, and, it's, it's, and no that's a very, that. that's a very simple request, but somehow simple. can't get answered. How to stay safe, which in turn, because if you felt safe, you'd have felt safer by getting on an airplane, traveling to Atlanta, yeah. getting off that plane and doing five shows in front of the audience. That Exactly. And knowing I had to call my doctor friend, a black doctor. Mm-hmm. He's a black doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, I emphasize that because if we have more black doctors, our child infant rate would probably be higher. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we, we need more black doctors. And he, he told me, he said, man. He said, uh, he said that, uh, man, it's not good to go. And so I said, I'm not going. Mm. But if I had some kind of guideline that mm-hmm. I know, you know, some kind of, we don't, we don't have a guideline. Mm-hmm. If, if, if right now you say you're going to travel to Louisiana, it ain't nothing that you can look on and say, should I go or should not go? There's no guideline. That's, that's the crazy part. Right. We know when you I, know, that, when that scares me. That, that, it's really amazing because. You know, stand-up comedy is really interesting because we kind of see everything from a different perspective and just twist it, put our twist on yeah. it, and that, that's how. And and, and I'm gonna tell you exactly. something, man. Just from an outside looking at you, you've always been a a guy that I always look back and go, I would have never thought of that joke. You were, you've always yeah, been I, one of those I would have never thought of that joke guy 
when I look at and you. And that's when that's how I write, sir. Because <laughs> when I write, I don't write. When I write, I write the joke down, and if it sounds like everybody else, I toss it out. Right. I try to come from the different angle. You know, you know, almost like an investing. Right. I would be the one to in, invest in something that somebody would say, "Well, why are you investing in that?" Why are you investing in the straps that hold the mask together? Right. No one else is doing that. Right. Because no one else is doing. That. Right. And then, so, 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 you know, and I, and I say that, you know, because of the fact that, you know, I, you know, but one time I felt I was one of the top guys out there and I come along and I see you and I still see you and I go, what is what 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 are you what eye are you looking at stuff through, Mark Curry? When you when what you, I. Yeah, what aisle you looking at? I like at? that. I like that. You know what? Like like you know what I'm saying? You know, because of the fact that you know we can, we can, you and I can walk in the room and uh, one of the all time you probably don't remember one of the all time funny moments I had with you was when we was at Denny's restaurant, me, you, George Wallace, and and we are we had closed down that place and and I always remember how from an improvisational standpoint you are incredible, and I just all it is locked in my right. memory in Hollywood. Us just JF, it was J. Anthony Brown, it was you, it was me, and it was George Wallace. And we yeah, left that we messed that dentist at four, two o'clock in the morning, and 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 it, it was just watching you sit over there going, he he's doing stuff I could not do. Or I can't right, do. right. Cause you we're in the same Denny's now. We're in the same, we all right. eating the same food, but you looking at right. it through a different eye, Mark Curry. Why? Why? Why are you looking at it from uh, from a different eye? Well, because of this. Uh-huh. When I do when I do a joke, I don't write the joke. A lot of guys write the joke, and that's why they, a lot of times their jokes don't be funny because they force the joke. Right. But what I do is I research the joke, and my material is based on if you see, anything I say is based on facts and research. So, for example, we're talking about. Uh, whatever the subject is, yes. um, black people and money, right? Black people and money. Okay. Bam. You would, we'll do the joke. Cause black people, it'll take black people. hour to realize they've been shortchanged. <laughs> black people come back in. Wait, let me see. How much did he get? How much? When I came in there, I had 20, right? And then I bought 20, 20 $10 worth of weed. I gave Chuck $40. Cause I owed him that. And I put $30 of gas. How much, how much, let me go back here. But go back. How much were them not? How much were them, them cheeses? Let me go. She, she changed me. <laughs> the white person know instantly. Just, just, just a minute. Is, is how much is the tax on this? What, what, the, was it 317? I had three of them, right? That should have been four nights. Yeah. Yeah. I think some, something's wrong here. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, Mark. Okay. See, that was Mark, based oh, on. Oh, oh, that was oh, based oh. on. <laughs> That's funny though. It's true. That's why I'm laughing because again, right. you've taken in my, my engineer. He laughing too. You know, in the other side of the room, yeah. he's, he's shaking his head, just laughing because. Right, but you know, it's true because it's through that lens that you are are, are sitting there and and observing and and that, like I said, in that Denny's restaurant, you know, we all were being served right. the same food, but I'm just looking at your craze right. behind, going, "How did he see that?" What because is got, running through his mind? Because when I when I see something, I immediately size it up as a joke. So I, I look at it and I break it down different ways. See, I'm a, I'm a ed, not educated, but I'm an internet guy. Right. So if I'm if I'm searching, if we talk about money, 
I'm gonna go on the internet and 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 find facts. That I may not repeat them, but you're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need Car Shield. Car Shield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. Car Shield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and Car Shield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. Car Shield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. It'll help me with my facts. For right. example, I'll look up black people and money. Mm. The first black people with money in right. the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And then I'll look at black institutions, black-owned banks. Mm-hmm. And so blood of the, so when I, I have a preference of all kinds of material that I may not use, but at least my attitude and, and what I'm talking about is based on some kind of facts. And then I'll throw a little fact. Because, you know, black people, we didn't, we didn't have banks back then. What the hell did we do? We couldn't go to the bank. Think about that. <laughs> black people couldn't go to the bank till 1970. Right. Think about that. 1970. And when you walk in, they still look at you crazy because they look at you crazy right now. Right. In 2020, right. go walk into a Beverly Hills bank right now. They right. look at you like you crazy. Can, can we help you? This is a bank. And they still say, can, can we help you? So imagine banking back then. Banking back then was non-existent. Right. They, you gave them their money. They, they, we don't have it no more. W- what happened to it? It's gone. There's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. So you look at these kind of things. Nothing you can do. Right. So, you know, I, that's what I, my comedy, I try to be, I try to come from a different angle. Because and you do. it makes me, yeah, I, and I, I try to be educated. I try not to be stereotypic. I try not to hurt a, another race. Right. As wow. If we're talking about, because you got to look at people who pay their money, white people pay their money, black people, Filipino, Chinese. If I went to go to any comedian, I don't give who it is. Right. He says something about some black people. I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just That's interested true. in him. I want to go. I want to go. Right. Just like that Asian person would say the same thing. Just like that white person. You go to a black show and black comedians make the white people, oh, my God. It's, no, that's this week. You know, I agree. even when Bush, for example, when Bush was in. It's amazing. I had to talk about Bush. Mm-hmm. I had to find a way to talk about Bush. But for my white patrons that paid that money also, so they wouldn't feel uncomfortable. Right. So your whole, your show is always encompassing and always thought provoking, and that's really yeah. You know, yeah that, yes, that's why I wanted to talk yeah. to you about it because you know, like I said, you know, this this platform that I have now, you know, I'll be blessed because everybody's coming on the show and and talking allow me to just talk and and my conversation don't have any agenda tied to it other than a conversation about success, a conversation about how we approach your way of being an entrepreneur and making money, and that's what money making conversations is all about. Now, now right. you said 
November you're going to get back out there. What is that plan of getting back out there? Are you are you starting to schedule dates? Are you maybe doing some tours or comedy uh, well, club? I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start at a comedy club that's outside two dates at the end of September, like September 26, 27. Tommy T's in um, Danville. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just gonna just. I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna go up and just. I I, I don't know what I'm gonna talk about because I don't I don't have. I don't want to talk about this Corona. I, I just don't, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about something socially, a whole new start. So I'm going to go in and get my head right and come up with a whole new, when I say a whole new way of thinking, for example, presidency, I'm going to run for presidency. So I want you to ask me what, if I'm, if I'm running for president, ask me the question that you would ask the president, because I'm a, I think I'm going to do a new special on that. So right now, this is live. Hi, I'm Mark Curry. I'm here. This is live. This is non-scripted. Right. So, uh, Actually, Mark, 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 I, I hear you running for president. I'm just going to ask you right now. Um, um, some some people don't want to wear a mask. Should we wear a mask, Mark Curry? Does a mask make a, a mask? Yes, sir. Does a mask make a difference? Yes. I think a mask definitely makes a difference. If I was president, everybody would wear a mask. It's just the way it is. Even the dogs, the zoos, the animals in the zoo would wear a mask. Mask would be mandatory. Yes, you got to wear a mask. I would keep people in. I would keep people in for another year if I was president. Nobody come out for a year. One year. Okay, um, Mr. Mr. <laughs> Mr. President, uh, well, not only do we wear masks, Mr. I, I, I apologize. Okay, you're not president yet, uh, but you're running for president. Yes. Don't want to yes, jump I ahead. Don't want to jump ahead. Okay. Yes. Um, okay the Go vaccine. Ahead. The vaccine. vaccine. Okay. It yes. comes out. Will you be the first in line to take it? No, I will not. We will put those on death row. We will get those on death row that have been convicted and of a crime, and we know that that crime. We know that they did it by video. Not, you know, in DNA, we know you did it. You killed six people. We're about to inject you with a vaccine, sir. And and when the people protest, let them protest. We want you to, oh, we, this is terrible. We agree. Take us to court. So, the, so those on death row will be the first ones to get the vaccine. And they will be on live video so you can see the reaction of what happened. <laughs> so, um, okay, um, being that you are maybe the second black president of the United States, and we saw how this state, this country was happy. Then it became angered that uh, there was a black president. How would you stop this country from becoming angered by you becoming the second president, black president well, of the United States? I cannot stop this country from being angry. America was built on anger. Mm-hmm. If you look at America, America has been built on anger. Mm-hmm. Where you know, so they are going to be angry at me. Of course, they're going to be angry at me. But that's nothing. I can't. I can't worry about that. I got things that'll help. Health care, for example, when you go to the airport and you go to the X-ray, we'll use those X-rays. Why you got to go to X-rays? You go to the airport. We're going to use those X-rays to determine what is wrong with you. So we're going to stop you. Hey, excuse me. What is that? You found some water? No, we found the tumor. <laughs> Step over here, please. You can't get on this flight. You know, I think the plane should be, yeah, hospitals should be at the airport. That's where most people are. Am I right? How come they ain't a hospital at the airport? <laughs> Let's be real here. Mark, homeless people, Mark, the homeless. Mark, Mark, Let's Mark, look Mark, at stop, the homeless stop, situation. Stop, The homeless situation. Will your brilliant, I'm going to give them jobs. Will your brilliant you know behind, job? stop, stop. You, you know, 
You Stop. know, wait a minute. Last thing, homeless. <laughs> I could deal with the homeless. Let them be extras in the movie. <laughs> let them do the same thing they do and walk. Just let them walk around. They just walk around in the background. Let them get paid, get sag after. That way they got help. Wake up, America. You need Mark Curry as president. Mark, um, I ain't going to lie to you, brother. Fantastic. That was all improv. You didn't know what yeah. answer, you didn't know what question we didn't prepare this. This is a Ask great interview to come, coming along. And yeah. uh, well, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you something because Bentley Evans is gonna be mad at you if I bring you on this show. Don't talk yeah. about yeah. in the cut. Yeah. And you know, I know Bentley from Jamie Foxx show. I was co-executive producer of the show. I would tell Bentley he one of the people who uh, made my career, one of the true linchpins in my success story that's been in Hollywood. Now yeah, you're in great. the cut. Talk. How did you? How did that opportunity come to you well, to get involved okay. in the cast? Like this, Bentley, Bentley called my agent. He said, Mark, I want Mark to do this role. I love Bentley. I know Bentley well. I, some of my best work has been with Bentley. Mm-hmm. I was on Jamie Foxx yes. as Sergeant Easy. Yes. That was with Bentley. Mm-hmm. When I was on Martin, Martin as the lawyer, that was with Bentley. So mm-hmm. Bentley knows me. He's a, he's, he's a genius. And not only that, he's a great director because he lets you go. So when you go on this, no, he's not directing you to do this and do that. It's basically, you know, you, you're an actor. And so Bentley's an actor, actor, director, director, which is awesome. So he lets you do your thing. Say what you want. I could do anything I want. And I love the in the cut because it was a character. I play a guy, Wade, who's just fresh out of jail. He just got out of jail for 20 years, and I get a job at the at the uh, barber shop barber with Dorian. <laughs> at the door. So this is so that's a beautiful. So when I when I heard a character like that, I said, Oh, I'll take it. And so, and the character, I'm, I'm in, I'm in character. I'm a method actor. So he doesn't put shoes on. I'm the only actor who never wore shoes in the scene. I wore slippers for the whole season. Okay. <laughs> now, for the whole season. Now, okay. Now, cutting hair in jail and cutting hair out of jail is two different techniques. I know because I have a brother. Yeah. He did it. He cut my hair and he, exactly. he gripped my head. I go, hey, brother. You don't have to yeah. hurt my head when you cut my head, okay? Right. They, cut my head. Well, the jail cut is completely different. It really you can think jail. Just, jail cut. You ain't got no mirror, and you ain't got no. You don't get a chance to see your hair till maybe the next day. Right. And they grip you hard, <laughs> and and, the, and they just use a razor blade. <laughs> there you go. Cut this razor blade. <laughs> So, so you get the opportunity to come on in the cut. You with a director, a producer who allows you to be you. Now, yeah. how important is that? Be to trust in your natural instinct. Somebody allowing them to trust you because Mark, you know, as a stand-up, you you you've had to trust yourself all these years. You know, right. all the way from a, well. One thing about Bentley, Bentley knows he knows the acting. He knows it, and so when you, a lot of times I go on shows. I don't want to say. But, you know, these shows, I think I know funny. But then they they think they know funny, too. Mark, can you just say it with uh, um, more urgency, please? Thank <laughs> yeah, you. I know. I, I, uh, Mark, can it, uh, say apple. Can you say apple? You said apples. It's apple. It's just one apple. Thank you. Okay. Like, oh, boy. You know, and so that that, that wreck, it, it drives me crazy because I'm arrogant. I think I'm funny. And I think, you know, I think I know what's funny. I, 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 you know, I, I held the show in the syndication. So, but that, you know, so as an actor, Bentley lets you do your thing. And then working with Dorian and Kalita, they, they're just beautiful people. Dorian, Dorian amazing, is isn't it? Awesome. Dorian is amazing. Yeah, Dorian is nice. He's cool. And so, you know, you know tripping and he, he's funny. And, you know, and he, and he, he taught me things. He said, you know, Mark, 
because it was my first time on the set, so you're always in the teaching mode. So Dorian helped me out. So he was the OG on the set, right? Teaching me, you know, what to do, where to stand. Come over here, Mark. You know, da da da. Say that. You know, or you know, da da da. You know, teaching me a little history. So that was awesome. And Kalita's from Oakland, so she just gave me the warmth of just just the warmth on the set. A lot of times you go on the set, they'd be funky that you on the set. I'm like, oh boy. Right. So just the warmth of these actors, you know, to do this is beautiful. And this is on uh, every Wednesday on uh, the Bounce Network called In the Cut. I'm You're talking about Mark, Mark In the Cut. Curry. In the Cut. Uh, he's uh, he's yeah. after 20 years of being in jail, he steps out yeah, and gets a years. job and, in the barbershop. And, and, this, and this character's funny. It's so funny. You know, I think he's very funny. I think that's why I want the people to watch because we need to laugh. Right. Bounce TV is giving you the opportunity to it's free TV right. and it's black people and we laughing and we ain't hurting nobody. Right. And that's the funny thing. And it's new. A lot of this TV you see ain't new. You know, you don't see a lot of new TV. So that's true. Know, that's it, true. It, now, let me ask you this. You when, you, when, did you, when did you guys shoot the series? When was the shot? We, we started in December. Okay. So y'all got it in and before so pre COVID. Pre COVID. It was pre COVID. And it's funny and it's new and it's black people and it's dealing with different issues. And it's, I think it's great. I never saw it. So I, I haven't seen the episode. So I'm, it excites me, you know, and I love bounce TV because it's, it's all black. I, I have one TV in my house dedicated to bounce because right. 24 hours a day it's black. So you can two o'clock in the morning, you may see a, you know, a black movie that you ain't seen. Oh man, I ain't seen that movie in a long time. So I love Bounce. So it's, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. I, I tell you what, it's a win-win. Um, hey Mark, will you come back on my show, brother? You know, when we get out I'll of this come COVID, back on. I'll tell you, Mark, uh, yes. everything I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying from an honest standpoint, brother, uh, you are, you are brilliant, man. You are brilliant. Um, Thank you, sir. Um, I want to give me, give me a topic. Give me a topic to go on. I'm going I'm to leave on that. Okay, give cool. me a topic. Okay, give you one give me topic. A topic to... I'm gonna tell you something funny. I okay. like to be off the cuff. Come on, give me something. <laughs> off the cuff. Uh, um, Mark Curry uh, uh, off the cuff. Mark I mean, Curry off the cuff. Off closing the cuff. out the show. Money making conversations. Mark Curry. Um, I want to let you know is that uh, can I trust mail in voting? Can you trust mail in voting? You can't trust any voting. You can't trust anything in America. So you can't trust. Black people should take that word trust out of their vocabulary. Mm -hmm. No black person in America should say the word trust in any situation. No trust. No, you can't trust anything. Mail-in, voting, it's all going to be stagnant. If you talk about mail-in voting, remember the dimple chad in Florida. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Suddenly a U-Haul truck, U-Haul truck got missing. (laughs) So wake up, America. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> right. And I, I, want, I want to ask you this, man. What is the best food to eat during the pandemic? What is the best food to eat? Best food to eat during the pandemic is soul food, black soul food, because it stays in your stomach seven days. It gives you everything you need. It gives you fat. It gives you sugar. So just in case something go down, you can take a soul food plate and a soul food plate will, will, <laughs> will outlast anything. You A soul food food plate with no heat and just sitting out there would last two weeks and you know it will. And that macaroni and cheese is still good. Hey, Mark. So much gravy on it, the gravy hide it. You you (laughs) almost started laughing. That's right. That's why why black people, dog, die of high blood pressure because they eat what we eat. 
Black people dogs don't die long, don't last long. White people be having dogs for 43 years. I had this dog since 1967. Black people, hey, what happened to Lucky? Oh, he died two summers ago. You know why? Because he the same, them scraps. The dog had high blood pressure. Hot day, the dog. All that macaroni and cheese and ham. That's why you hear black people dogs barking in the backyard all the time, barking at nothing. I need some water. I need some water. Somebody let me out. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Mark, man. Money-making decisions, <laughs> Mark, thank you for coming thank on Money-Making Conversation, brother. Thank you. God bless you, man. You. Don't change, brother. And if you need me, the man, hit me up because we talk, man. I love you, brother. And I, I got a I lot of productions I'm going to be doing. Instagram. The real Mark, Mark Curry Instagram. Instagram. All right, my brother. Stay the safe, The real man. Mark Curry The real Mark Curry right, Instagram. Instagram. Talk soon, man. Bye-bye, Mark You still dating Tyra, Bike? You still dating Tyra? Or what's up? No, I'm not. Thank you, buddy. It's food time. Everybody who listens to my show know I go I, I go a little extra when I have a guest on when it, with food because I'm a am a foodie. I I am a award winning baker. I like to throw that out there. Let everybody know I got skills. I eat, but I have skills. My guest bringing vegan options and food awareness to the city of Atlanta has always been a life dream of my guest. Pinky Cole. She's the founder and CEO, CEO of Slutty Vegan. She's opening the conversation on vegan food options for people who have never considered them in communities that have such high numbers in hypertension, cholesterol, obesity, and a host of other food arable, foodborne elements. At Slutty Vegan, they have combined suburb taste with plant-based ingredients so you can remain vegan and get a little naughty. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my friend, Pinky Cole. <laughs> How you doing, PK? PK, I am doing very well. How you, you doing? Because you know that's what people see you. PK, what's up, PK? Girl, <laughs> over here. Look. Yeah. You, you wouldn't believe how many intros I get, but you know what? As long as they call on my name, I'm doing something. Come right. on, now. you know. But you know when you're in the streets, people say that. PK, PK, what's <laughs> up? Can you get Can you get me to the front of the line? This line's long, girl. Can you move me up front? Can you move me up front? Come on. I get it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I've known about you. I've, I've lived in uh, Atlanta since 2007, uh, and uh, I eat all types of food. So for as a person who's always looking at talent and always looking at trying to reach out to people who are doing something unique in the community when it comes to food, what allowed you to separate yourself with other restaurants, I'm not just talking about vegan restaurants, but it's just other brands. You know, you're such a competitive market, you know, Atlanta has such a strong restaurant market. What has allowed you to separate? That's my first question I want to ask you about vegan. Um, well, the first thing is timing, right? I think oftentimes um, we really don't understand how important timing of a thing is, right? Right. So if you know anything about Uber and Lyft, there were other companies that started that did the same exact thing at the same ex exact time. Um, as Uber and Lyft, but those businesses didn't work. But the timing of Uber and Lyft was so on point that it gave them the opportunity to really thrive in a market that really didn't even exist at that time. So I say all that to say that the, the timing for Slutty Vegan couldn't be better, right? I, I started my company during an era where one, people started to walk into a new level of consciousness to be at least even interested in wanting to eat better. That's number one. Right. Secondly, they said, OK, all right. So vegan is not a thing thing, but like we're open to try it because it really doesn't exist 
on the mainstream, but it, it's here, but like nobody has ever made it cool. So what I did was I made it cool, but I didn't just focus on the food element. I focused on the experience. So Rashawn, you said it um, when, when you asked the question, you said the marketing, right? So mm-hmm. we put so much emphasis in the marketing um, from the timing that we got to do this thing that it allowed us to be one of the businesses that everybody knows and loves. So yeah, to, 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 to the naked eye, it may just seem like a restaurant, but it's bigger than a restaurant, right? It's bigger than burgers and fries. We're, we're making people excited about a lifestyle. And, and I don't know that a lot of businesses do that, but I feel like that's the formula to our success is that just like Pepsi and Coca-Cola, right? Like they're selling a lifestyle experience and then you come get the product based on the experience. And we've been able to do that. And that sets us apart from a lot of the other businesses and vegan businesses that you see, but we upplay that whole marketing and that experience to get people excited about the brand. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, let, let, let's get to the heart of it. You are a star. Okay. I, I've worked around stars. You know that you see my bio. I know when I say yeah. stars, so you can give me all that little nice marketing, you know, Steve Harvey, he sold tickets cause he was Steve Harvey. Okay. Yeah. He worked hard. He marketed, he worked on his jokes, but he separated himself. Because he believed in himself. Plus, he had a, a, a unique ability to communicate. A, a unique, unique ability. Same thing with Stephen A. Smith. Same thing with Tia Morris. Same thing with Jamie Foxx. Same thing with Monique. All these people I work with. Gabrielle Union. Nick Cannon. And you fall in that class of people who clearly can be talented someplace else, but have chosen to be talented in the food industry, in the food service industry. Why did you mm-hmm. choose this course? Because like I, I wanted to say that because sometimes when I get people on the show, especially uniquely talented people like on the show, you tend to want to give me a give a global perspective on your success. OK, everybody mm-hmm. I, vegan just didn't start last week. You know that. OK. You might. So, you know, it's, come on. It's, now. It's, it's, it's interesting because like I can only be real and raw. Right. So Absolutely. Vegan raw. Just vegan raw. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can only I can only be vegan raw. But you also said it too. listen. People love me. Yes. And because people love me. They're going to buy into the experience because they're there you loving go. the person that curates that experience. But it, it all speaks in the same breath. Right. They're going to fall in love with the marketing and, and, and want to be a part of the experience. But they also know who created that experience. And they love that person. I loved you before I knew what you did. Oh, well, I appreciate that. I'm going to say, OK, so, no, I understand that. OK, you know, people know people know brands. You know, if, if people know about Chick-fil-A and have never eaten a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And so, so same thing. So your marketing has made you a mainstay in conversation. In other words, you could say that you are are, are the voice of, you know, I'm just telling you, you know, a lot of people can listen to the show go, why are you saying that? But you all become a brand, a vegan brand, a voice. And so when you speak, there's so much credibility tied to it because the success is tied to it. You know, the social media numbers are tied to it. You know, your community uplift is tied to it. So you go beyond just the restaurant and people lining up. People see a soul, a spirit, and you understand how to connect the two. And so that's why I say is that, yeah, we can talk about the marketing, but let's get to the core of 
why this is successful. It's you. One, you're willing to put in. I always tell people, there are 24 hours in a day, learn to use every hour of that. You do that. Yeah. You get up yeah. at the same time all the time. You do that. Mm-hmm. You're committed yeah. to uplifting people, not only yourself, but also the community. Because you figure, hey, you, you, God has blessed you. It's even a bigger blessing if you share those opportunities. You do that. Yeah. And then, and you know, I'm, I'm, okay, if, you, I, if you're I, tired I, of me, if you're tired of me talking about how good this no, is, no, this is good. Look, you, I'm you, getting fired go talk, up. Piggy, go talk. I'm, I'm gonna shut up and listen to you for a minute. Cause see, <laughs> I, 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 I can't stand people who are talented. Won't let nobody talk good about them. Just, just cut me off. I was right in the middle of a one of them, uh, one of them, 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 one of them come to the mountain speeches. But you, no, 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 Piggy, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get quiet. Do what you gotta do. Okay, you. No, you, you I'm used so to talking to those about these conversations. You, 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 I'm gonna you. tell you, why I'm excited about these conversations uh-huh. because I work extremely hard. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't look for the credit, right? So for you to give me my flowers, I, I want to say that I appreciate you because, like, it's not my intention to get the flowers. Like, I, I work hard because I love to do this. Right. Like this, when I say like I wake up in the morning at six o'clock every single morning because my brain is wired like that because I know that I'm fulfilling my mission every single day. Like I love, I'm in love with that. Mm-hmm. So to hear you speak on me like that, like I'm, I like I value that, and I want to say thank you um, because you know sometimes you can always just be in the weeds, 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 but like just to stop down. So I'm sitting here laughing. When you're saying these things about me, and 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 that feels good in my spirit, yeah. so I just want to add that. Let's, let's just Google little Miss Pinky Coat, <laughs> Forbes.com, BillSoutherner.com, RollingOut.com, Facebook.com, AtlantaMagazine.com, VigNews.com, Essence.com. See, uh, guess who face ain't ain't a, ain't a plate on any of those pictures? Okay, not a no, plate, nowhere true. to be found. You that know, is true. You know who image I'm, I'm every time I go, you know who image I see? I see Pinky Cole. <laughs> the queen of vegan. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And you know, you let me tell you something. Yeah, I'm listening now. I'm, I'm 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 listening to you. <laughs> I accidentally <laughs> hopped into this, right? So like I, I'm sure you probably read about it before, but no, I'm, I'm all I'm, ears. I'm new. I don't know nothing about you. Okay. Talk to me like I all don't right, know so you, Pinky. Because so, like so I told you, I knew you before you had food. I, I I didn't know. Somebody told me you know she does that vegan stuff, huh? Slutty vegan. That's <laughs> yeah. But, but, but continue to educate me about you because you wouldn't let me talk about you. So obviously <laughs> you're gonna tell me something I don't know. So continue to talk, Miss Pinky. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn you something. So <laughs> the, the day that I was born. Mm-hmm. While I was getting my freedom, my father was losing his. He was being sentenced to life in prison. Wow. He ended mm-hmm. up doing 22 years. Mm-hmm. So growing up, my mother was working three and four jobs every single day. Immigrant Jamaican woman, making sure that the lights were always on, that we always had food on the table. We weren't, we, we weren't, we weren't eating what, what the average family was eating. But guess what? We made the best out of them big beans and rice when we did it. Mm-hmm. And she just made sure that we had everything that we needed. We may not have had everything that we wanted, but we definitely surely had what we needed. So I remember maneuvering through life, always wanting to figure out ways to put my mother in position so that she didn't have to work that hard because my father was in prison. Meanwhile, my father would call me from prison, from federal prison, telling me what books to read, telling me about stocks and bonds and telling me like, how to how to be a boss and a leader. Mm-hmm. So I took those experiences and I made them my own. 
I started throwing parties at, at 14 years old. I was making $4,000 every single week. I remember counting money with my mother on the couch, making more than my mother. Mm-hmm. In high school, I'm selling candy, selling food, just always wanting to create and just to, just to cre- get a residual off the things that I put together, right? Mm-hmm. Then when I got to college, I paid my way through college by doing hair, right? right. So beyond that, I've, I've just always found ways to make money um, and to create things that people will be satisfied with. So in 2014, I came up with this concept after working at the Maury Show as a television producer called Pinky's Jamaican and American Restaurant. And I had this restaurant. It was doing well. I did my research. I did Literally, I just wanted to have a business. I, I'm not a chef. I just like to cook. It's a passion project. I'm Jamaican. I like food. So I, I came up with this concept, and it was doing extremely well for me not to know anything about business. But then I realized that I needed to lose that restaurant in order for it to propel me to, to be who you see today, right? right? So I had a grease fire at that restaurant. Um, and then I got an opportunity to work as a casting director on a TV show called Eonla Fix My Life. And while I was on that show, um, I eventually moved to Atlanta temporarily, um, to work. And then I was in the house one day and I came up with Slutty Vegan, but never in a million years, if you'd have told me two years ago that, that I bedroom idea that I created would be one of the hottest concepts in the country. I would have told you you were lying, but I said that to say, you know, you said, you said that to say what? Pinky. It almost felt like it was on accident, but it was really divine, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was written. It was supposed mm-hmm. to happen. And, and and now when I look at things 2020, I realize that like I, I was walking in my purpose all along. It just manifested through Slutty Vegan. And now we're here. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. So how did the name Slutty Vegan come about? Because you said you came up with it. Did you share with anybody? Did you jokingly came up with it? How did they come up? How was it? Created? So I was, sit, I was sitting in the bed. In the bed? And Who sits in their bed? I am. Who sits let me tell you bed? something. You sit up in your bed. Would you, would you against the, your head against the headboard? How were you? Were you land? Where were you? How were you sit? Let, let me tell you, I, I had some medicinal marijuana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? Hey, See what you ain't gonna do? Come on, money making conversation. I was just look, sitting in the bed. Nobody listen, just sits in their bed. A, look, that's a part of the story that I don't really talk about. Yeah, that's the book part. But I'm gonna give you that piece. But Thank listen, you. I was sitting, I was sitting in the bed, and I was on somebody's cloud, and. I come up with a million ideas all the time. Right. I just, it feel, I don't, something about 
being able to create ideas. It's almost like when a rapper freestyles, I can right. do that with ideas. So mm-hmm. if we sit in the same room for at least 10 minutes, I then came up with about 10 ideas and right. somebody's walking away with a billion dollar idea. Right. So I was sitting in the house and I had my medicinal marijuana and, 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 and it came to me like, oh, slutty vegan. Cause I knew that if I created Pinky's vegan, it wasn't going to have the same traction. And how did I know that? I knew that because working in TV, I know what people pay attention to. Mm-hmm. I know that sex sells. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to make them change the channel. I know what they're going to be tuned into. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take the two most pleasurable experiences in life, and that's sex and that's food. And mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in a pot, and I'm going to stir. And I'm going to create something that's going to require people to ask questions because guess what? The vegan lifestyle wasn't totally cool. Right. It wasn't something that mm-hmm. black people, especially, would say, oh, you know, let me get this couscous. They're not eating that. Mm-hmm. They're like, this This ain't got no flavor. I ain't eating that. So mm-hmm. how could I create something that's going to get people who don't normally eat like this to at least be interested in having a conversation? So the name sounded racy and I liked it. So many people was like, oh, that's too racy. That ain't going to work. But I'm like, guess what? If you can't get past the idea that we're not selling sex. We're actually selling a lifestyle, but we're using sex as as the buffer to get people to pay attention. Uh, uh, you an attention grab, an attention grab. That's yeah, all. Mm-hmm. that's exactly what I did, and it worked. And there was only I was just having this conversation earlier. I got an opportunity um, to participate in the Super Bowl in 2019 and they wanted me to change the name and at that point i realized listen i can never waver on what i created because i created it was intentional i created it for a reason and if people can't get past that intention and that mission then those are people that i don't want to work with and it's okay you don't have to work with everybody Mm -hmm. so here i am two years later i got listen i got kids saying slutty vegan christians muslims it don't matter your age your creed your wherever you from people are talking about slutty vegan you know why because not only is it a burger joint we're helping the community we're giving back we're providing resources we're giving opportunities we're showing people what it looks like to be an unconventional entrepreneur and we're changing the way that people think about food if you if you don't fall in love with at least one of those things you just a hater and that's just that (laughs) you know what i'm saying you threw that out there the word hater Man, I, I get, but you see, I don't pay attention to that because I'm on the straight and narrow, and I know that I have something so great that will not only change the dynamic of my family, it'll also change the world. Well, you did. You had 359,000 Instagram followers. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. You know, when, when I sit up and talk to little, I'm going to call you a baby genius, you know, because, you know, baby <laughs> genius. Baby, baby genius here. She up there in in her bed, you know. She got marketing skills. She can articulate. You guys hear that on it, you know. She, you know, she put like four or five sentences in a row. I could just actually just ask her a question. She'll talk for five minutes. I just have to cut off because it's my show. <laughs> She's not gonna do it. Come on my show and just all talk me now. Okay, she has a guest, <laughs> an amazing guest. Now, now you, you say yeah. You say I put I took what people love the most, food and sex, put them in a pot, and I just start stirring. Let's start talking about that menu. Because, see, you're right, you know, because of the fact that I feel that your name created such a high level of curiosity that they brought in your age group, which is really key. And that's why I feel you're successful, because, you know, because because veganism to me, to me, was always felt like old, old, older generation food. You know, they're trying to eat before, you know, they figured out they need to start eating because they have their blood pressure too high. They're trying to get light. Right. You made it hip for your generation because you are. A millennial. But you know what's so crazy? Let me tell you something real quick. Sorry to cut you off, but I got to say this. You can cut me off anyway. I I don't know why. (laughs) 
Okay, 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 good. You know, next time, I know it is COVID-19. You can, we're going to see each other next time. I'm just letting you know right now. Yeah. Continue with your Yeah, we're going to see each other. Mm-hmm. Listen, the aunties, they love me. Absolutely. My demographic is actually not the millennials. It's the, more, it's the people that are conservative, mm-hmm. that make a medium, like, like listen, 35 to 55 is my core audience. There you, you go. believe that? that I, I, see the, I see the lines. I see the Listen, lines. Listen, these are women who have children. These are women who are conservative. They literally... Mm-hmm. This ain't, it ain't even just the millennials. You got the older people, the people that support me the most. I, I, I laugh and I joke with my friends. I'm like, listen, I don't care what y'all say. The aunties love me. And as long as I got the aunties in my back pocket, I'm good. Right, right. And you got them. And so 359,000 Instagram followers. Now, how, how does that help your business to have that amount of social media force tied to your you know certified account? And it's Instagram. Um. So, so beyond just Instagram followers, right? We have different channels where we have different audiences on. So Facebook, you may truly get like the, the aunties and the families. Right. And then on Instagram, you get the younger people. But mm-hmm. then we also have um, a community text group where I can text my consumer, mm-hmm. right? I can text them like I'm having a regular conversation with them. And we do that. We do it in the most organic way. I'm texting them like, hey, big head, what you doing? Come see me. And then I put the restaurant address. So I have about 7,000 people in there. And mm-hmm. then I have 20,000 people on my email blast. So how it helps me is that however I want to communicate with my people, I can use a different channel to do that mm-hmm. and a different tone to do that to get my message across. So say, God forbid, Instagram shuts down today. I know I got different channels to communicate with the people, but it's been a benefit to me nonetheless. Because mm-hmm. I can touch the people, and that's why they love Slutty Vegan. Because you see, here you see uh, a restaurant concept that is moving into a corporate structure of a business. We're moving at scale. We're opening up new locations, but we still have the voice of the people, right? We 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 still insert things that are happening in the culture into the business in an authentic way where this, that's not exploiting people, but making people feel comfortable and safe to say that. Guess what? I see myself in this business. I see the journey. Mm-hmm. I can follow the journey and I can grow with this journey because I feel like I'm a part of it. And we make people feel a part of that journey. And that's really why it works. So we're able to use the channels um, that we have. And we have multiple channels and we grow those channels every single day. Great. Fantastic. You are a marketing guru. Now, Thanks. you come on my show. I got uh, 93,000 fan club members. My little e-blast. I got on my Facebook, I almost 800,000 Facebook. I see all this because I know you're opening up a new, a third location in Atlanta, Georgia, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can, can little old Rashawn McDonald, moneymakingconversation.com, can he help promote your brand? Can he, can I do that for you? Sure. So, so yeah. Just, you know, because you're a marketing machine. I'm just saying, I, I, I finally, I, I got you in my life, Pinky. I don't want to let you go. <laughs> So I, I got to I, 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 I gotta bow down to the queen now. You know, when you, when you, when you, when the queen come in the room, you got to stand out from everybody else. You know, I, I, you know, I ain't got no six pack. I got to stand out with uh, marketing. I got the marketing over here. <laughs> so Listen, we definitely can do something together. No, no, you, your third location. Tell us about your third location because I'm going to feature that on Rashawn Eats. I drop that every Wednesday on my Facebook page. On my Instagram, I got like about 40,000 followers on my Instagram account. And of course, I got my YouTube account. I got about 40,000 on my YouTube, moneymakingconversation.com. But more importantly, 
you know, I, 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 I feel comfortable in being able to joke around with you because of the fact that, you know, you're a real person in the community. But before we get into your community, I want to talk about this third location you're opening. Tell the people why you're opening it. You know, we're coming out of the pandemic. OK, we're, we're not even out of the pandemic. And you made say, a decision <laughs> to open up a third restaurant. Talk about it. Where is it located at? Um, so, you know, what I learned about Slutty Vegan is Slutty Vegan is weatherproof, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Slutty Vegan is COVID proof. Mm-hmm. As long as we continue to do what we've been doing and, and learn how to pivot. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about entrepreneurs, knowing how to pivot, right? Mm-hmm. Like being a chameleon and like facing adversity and understand how to like change that adversity into a benefit to your business. And I think that I've been able to do that very well. And I say all that to say that I just opened up a, another lo- a second location um, a month ago that got lines down the block. So now I got two locations with lines down the block. Any day now, I'm opening my third location in Historic Fourth Ward on Edgewood. Um, and I'm doing that also in the middle of a pandemic. But I'm excited about that location because there's so much history there. Martin Luther King grew up um, less than, than two minutes away from that location. So there's a lot of historic elements. Um, you got Auburn over there. So there's a lot going on in that neighborhood. And I feel like we can continue to revitalize Edgewood when we put a new staple in the community like Slutty Vegan. That's not just coming just to make money. We're coming to, to really like help the community grow, right? And be better. And that's what we do in every single community. So Edgewood is opening in the next few days. I'm excited about it. It's 3,000 square feet. Uh, we got a full-on kitchen. It's really just going to be an experience, right? People come, and they can feel like they're at home when they come to Edgewood. When they come inside a Slutty Vegan, they're going to see pieces of history that's going to remind them why Atlanta is so necessary, why Edgewood is so necessary, and why business and commerce is so necessary. So you, you'll, you'll get pieces of that. You're going to get pieces of, of the HBCUs that are in the community. You're going to get elements of people who have taken Atlanta to the next level through politics, through business. Like, you're going to get a lot of that. And, and, and what we've learned how to do in a great way, and we continue to do it, is we know how to teach and we know how to hide the education um, inside of the experience. And that's what we're going to be doing at Edgewood. So I'm excited. After Edgewood, we got two more locations that we're opening up in Atlanta. And then I'm on to the next day because we're growing and God is good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, now I'm, I'm trying to figure out why I had met you. I'm gonna call you short because you because you because you're talking all this noise to me right now. Now, there's a couple of things that you're doing in the community here. There's this national jingle contest that you had, which I thought was super smart, with my boy Big Ticker over there at V103 in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then you're doing mm-hmm. something with the Georgia Department of Juvenile, Juvenile Justice, the DJJ, with the ten thousand dollars scholarship jobs at your at your. It's all tied through the Pinky Cole Foundation. Foundation and you being mm-hmm. Pinky Cole, the owner of Slowly Vegan Restaurant. These are both empowering formats. One is empowering and for entertainment purposes. It lets people know that they get the opportunity to work with an established or national known recording artist. Right there alone means that you got juice. And then you're on the show with my <laughs> boy Big Tigger on a on a 103, V103. And then now you're doing the DJJ with the, uh, the Georgia Department. So talk about the mm-hmm. reason behind both adventures, I should say. And because I watched my mother be a philanthropist. She was she, she was a hood philanthropist. She didn't even realize what she was doing. But, but you watch her, though. But you watch her. But I watched her, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember being a kid, and we got 10 people living in a house. So, like, the community, community was embedded in me as a kid. 
I didn't understand what was happening, but I just knew that there were people coming from Jamaica that were staying at my mother's house that, that we didn't share the same blood, but they became family, right? So all through my life, I absorbed that watching my mother do that and saw her selfless attitude and behavior and how she moved as a queen. And I really like captured that from my mother. So as an adult, it's full circle when I laugh with my mother about this because like philanthropy is at the core of who I am, right? Right. So I'm a magnet to money. Money's going to come to me. I'm going to get it regardless. But to be able to help people and provide resources for people, that is more money than any dollar bill could ever be in my bank account because I know that I get to uplift people and I know that those blessings are going to come back tenfold. So when I created the foundation, I created it because one, being total transparent, my finance guy, like, all right, Pinky, you spending a lot of money helping people. We Like, what are we going to do? I said, you know what? Let's put some structure to this because I'm the type of person I'm going to take the shirt off my back to help somebody else. Right. So I created my foundation to do exactly what I, I do in my real life, help people. So um, I, I, I partner with the Department of Juvenile Justice to provide opportunities for 30 ex-juvenile offenders, right? Because I see them as people. And I know what it felt like to be on a receiving end of somebody being caught up in the system. So I wanted to help them and show them a different way of life. That's number one. Um, number two, providing resources for businesses in my area. The, the businesses in which I serve, you know, I've helped them um, financially support themselves while going through COVID and making sure that the people around me are doing good. Because if I'm doing good and they're not doing good, then I'm not winning. Right. That's number two. Mm-hmm. Um, number three in my foundation, I'm doing something called Botnik um, with Jermaine Dupree and Impossible Fools to get people excited about voting. So at the end of the day, I don't care who you vote for. Just vote. Because guess what? Once upon a time, we didn't have the right and the ability to do that. So now that you have an opportunity to do that, exercise it. However you do it, just exercise it so that your voice can be heard. But those are just three of the, 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 the million things that we've already done in the foundation. But it feels good to know that I can use that platform to help people build generational wealth. Oh, and the one thing that I didn't, this is the biggest thing that I'm working on that I'm actually about to drop. <laughs> Lord, forgive <laughs> for, 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 for you forget something. Okay, talk. <laughs> I, um, I am... I'm partnering with um, uh, Derek Hayes. He owns a restaurant called Big Dave's Cheesesteaks. We're doing a, a life insurance initiative where we're providing life insurance for every single black man in Atlanta who makes $30,000 or less um, so and that they don't have to pay for. So what I do is like real community work, right? So like I call myself a hood politician, right? I'm not like, I'm not super versed in politics. And to be honest, that's really not my thing. However, I like to help people. And I know that I can reach the community by helping them and showing them that there's a better way by providing them resources, giving them access to information. Cause you know, people don't really want to give us access, but now I'm going to make it my responsibility to provide access resources and to show people about financial literacy, the things that I didn't learn. Now I know that I can show you and I do all of that through my foundation. Well, she is the queen. Uh, I love her. First time we've uh, actually talked. It's the first time we've actually communicated and she got to hear what I think about her. And I hope she understands this is honest talk from somebody who recognizes gifted people. And more importantly, her community involvement is really, to me, more important than her food. And her food's uh, the bonus part of who she is because she has not forgotten that it takes a whole to be successful, not a half, not 25 percent. You have to you have to, everybody have to be part of the opportunity. And she understands that and she values that. Slutty Vegan is a is a product. Is it started like she said, started in her bedroom. I always tell people on this show, you have to be motivated by an opportunity and you have to put a plan in place and you have to give effort for that plan to be successful. That's what you've done. 
Pinky with your brand. You know, it's an idea. We all have ideas. And you decided that, guess what? I'm going to put it in place. And then when people try to try to twist it, try to come in with their crazy idea or question you. First of all, you whenever I would tell people, whenever somebody question you on your idea, ask them how much are they participating? Are they participating yep. with money? Are they participating with uh, work responsibility? Or are they just participating because they're just verbally commenting? Those people you have to yeah. ignore first. And then when you when you get your business rolling, you have to understand if, if people asking you to compromise, if anybody ever asks you to compromise on your idea for a one time event, that's a bad idea. That's yeah. a bad idea because mm -hmm. you will never be able to recover because for the, you always be walking away going, I should not have done that. And yeah. why did I do it? Because you compromise your values and you refuse to do that. And guess what? You're all over the city. Are, are, we, are we going out of the state here? What's what's happening here with Slutty Vegan? You know, and first so of all, we, let me ask you a question. Why are you not on TV, girl? Uh, you know, it's funny. I got two TV offers right now. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it's coming. Soon come. Okay, cool. Please, please be on TV. Okay. If they don't, yeah. if they don't come happen, come talk to Rashawn McDonald. We get it all straight. Okay. <laughs> but you're special, and I think that from my my whole take on you being on TV. It, the food's awesome, but they gotta they gotta capture you. I'm actually working on a TV show um, where I am helping struggling Black and Brown businesses um, revitalize their brands. There you go. So, so yeah. we're so that's one of the shows, and the other show is um, a Dinner at Pinky. So, yeah. two two shows that that'll potentially be on major networks. So we're in the process of that happening right now. Well, so I'm you, working. You keep me posted. And uh -huh. and I just. Um, I just got a book deal with Simon and Schuster, so I'm excited about it that as hey, well. That's my girl over there. You with my girl, uh, uh, Don Davis? No, I'm not with Don. Okay, that's my. We know Simon Schuster. She's a, she's a Simon Schuster. She's the bomb. But guess what? You the bomb yeah. too. So not saying you with well, the wrong person. But again, thank you for coming on my show. I appreciate you giving me giving me 32 minutes yeah. of your time. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Listen, and anytime you need me, I'm here. I appreciate you. And uh, again, tell your team to get those uh, all the information. Every time you open a restaurant, please let me know so I can support you. And I'm serious about that. Uh, twice a month, I send out my newsletter. It comes goes out every Wednesday. So let me know. I drop it in there. This is free stuff. This is part of my community help, uh, especially with young entrepreneurs. And not saying that you're a young entrepreneur, but we all know that marketing is key. And somebody might see you over here, might give you another opportunity to sell something over there. Again, thank you for coming on my show. Pinky Cole. Thank, thank you. you. PC. And I appreciate it. PC, you be safe. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Organ donations save lives, and some organs can even be donated by a living donor. August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, so let's check in with Dr. Danae Simpson, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us about the African American Transplant Access Program. So this is my baby. This is a program that I have dreamt about creating since I became interested in transplant as a trainee, and it's a program designed to address the significant disparities that our African-American patients face. The program is designed to educate patients about transplant, let them know what transplant can provide to them, and to help them access the resources that they find 
so scarce and so challenging to access in order to get them on the transplant path and back to, you know, some type of meaningful life. For more information, visit nm.org slash radio. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest, my next guest, Candace Holyfield, is the founder of the largest African-American spa community. She's affectionately known as the Six Figure Spa Chick. Holyfield is the founder and the creative behind creative mind behind Queen Spa Expo. I'm telling you, this is the Black Spa Magazine. She's best known for award-winning spa parties and her business instructional classes designed to empower millennial business owners. The annual Queen Spa Expo is slated to take place in Atlanta, Georgia this month. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Candace Holyfield. Thank you so much for having me. I am super honored to be here, and I appreciate you so, so much. Well, I, I thank you for appreciating me. Uh, first of all, you're an entrepreneur, and you are part of the uh, the fastest uh, division of growth, women, black women, as entrepreneurs in America. Why, in the world of entrepreneurship? You know, we've seen how, especially black women have been, you know, the matriarchs of the family, stay home, you know, take care of the kids, the husbands go out and do the work. What is your mindset, Kansas, that makes you an entrepreneur? Um, Just my mind. I would tell everybody I am an entrepreneur because I want freedom. You know, I want my time. I want to be able to do what I want to do when I get ready. Um, so that's why I am an entrepreneur. I know everybody has a you know, own reason why they do what they do. But for me, I just, you know, really wanted my freedom. I worked a job for years and I couldn't do what I wanted to do, uh, whether it was time or financial. So now that I have been an entrepreneur for the last 10 years, I pretty much um, am at a place where I can do what I want to do. And that's the most, you know, thing that I love the most about being an entrepreneur. So why is that important? Because you get nine to five, you get vacation paid, you get sick days paid, you get a potential 401k, you know, the steady week that's pretty much guaranteed if you're a stable place of employment every week, bi-weekly payments or weekly payments. That sounds so good to go out there and be an entrepreneur. There's no certain things out there. So what is inspiring you? What is what is forcing you on enabling you to walk past all that insert uncertainty? So I am a spa professional. I was a licensed massage therapist for years and you know, I worked a job. I worked for a spa company. Um and I had to clock in and out. You know, if clients wasn't on the book, you know, I had to sit there at the job and not get paid. So mm. I got I got paid out based off how many people I touched in in the day. My income was not guaranteed as a spa professional because we get paid totally different. So we get paid per person that we actually took. So if nobody was on the books, we wasn't getting paid. Mm. So you've always been an entrepreneur in a sense, then. I actually was a waitress for about thirteen years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just in case you don't know anything about you know being a waitress. The longer you work there, the more leverage you have to kind of do what you wanted to do. Right. Um, and so I did do that for 13 years, but 
you know, I made the same amount of money every single month. Like I knew how much around about how much money I was going you to make. The, you knew and the peak weekends and you know the days that right. were good, the shifts that were strong <laughs> and and you know, but but that's the but that's just knowing information, but that doesn't mean that's information that's gonna change your life. And so being an entrepreneur, exactly. if you were, you, you know, you learn the peak times, you know, the, the type of customers, the places to go. So so you are licensed, but that doesn't mean necessarily because, you know, I, I, I've, I've had massages in my life. My daughter was a, with a, a professional tennis player. So we used to have a massage. We go to massage therapists for her. And sometimes we'd invite them by the home, depending if she had a match scheduled. So but to still step out there on your own, though. In the industry, black industry, because black people are interesting mm-hmm. when it comes to to what we do, which you which seems like a norm when it comes to the white white people. And I have to say it like this, you know, white yeah. people they vacation differently, they 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 take mm-hmm. care of their bodies differently, they they mm-hmm. uh, massages or foot uh, feet, uh, pedicures and manicures. So, what made you feel that you can open the door? to black people in this spa industry and to be successful based on your vision? Um, believe it or not, when I first got into business, a lot of my clients were Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Um, and me going into their... Oh, first of all, home, first of all, Candy, believe it or not, I believe it. Okay, that's why I made that big speech before <laughs> I talked. I'm not shocked by black people. I go to spas enough to know. <laughs> black people not sitting in the lobby waiting, okay? I'm I'm one of whatever or whoever came in there with me, okay? So, so I will not be shocked. That's why I'm just saying this is a very... You see a market out there, but it's not responsive mm-hmm. based on the client list that you have. And so I just want to let you know... That is one of the reasons I brought you on the show, was to show people that don't you can't go off, go against the norm and be successful, or the perception and be successful, and that's what you're accomplishing in the in this in this spa industry as an African American woman. You can continue. Now that you know, the Rashawn understands it. <laughs> believe it or not. Thank you. <laughs> no, that, that was amazing. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, and, and what happened, you know, I saw I was having all these Caucasian clients and it just dawned on me like, hey, you know, this is not something that we are doing. So I always tell everybody, I made massage cool for black people. Um, I got on Facebook first. I got on, you know, the Instagram and I just made like a really big deal to come and get these massages. And my strategy was spa parties. I did spa parties for years. I started out doing kids spa parties. So Every little black kid in our whole city of Memphis, where I'm from, I probably massage and did little facials for all of them. Um, and of course, as I was doing the kids, the adults was like, I want a facial and I want a massage. And so that's how my business turned into an adult brand because I really was doing kids in the beginning. And I just made it cool. And at that time, 10 years ago, I didn't even understand marketing. But I knew the power of just showing up. So I showed up on Facebook every day. I showed up on Instagram, you know, once it came about every day. And people just always saw me. And when I first got my, uh, when I first went to massage school, everybody asked me, why did I want to do massage? Everybody told me that I was not going to make any money as a massage therapist. Uh, and I'm so glad now, you know, I proved them wrong. But I just made massage super cool and I showed up all over the place. Uh, promoting my brand, who I was, and, and what I did. And now everybody I know, black, you know, loves the spot and get massages and facials, like, all the time. It's part of our, you know, monthly wellness uh, upkeep. 
Wow. You know, the, you know, the interesting thing that I like, because I was talking to the owner of the Slutty Vegan Pinky, and, you know, now she's opening up uh, several locations during the pandemic, you know, and this is these are vegan chains, vegan restaurants that she's just called the Slutty Vegan. And a lot of people told her that. Well, girl, that name's mm-hmm. going to stop you. Uh, girl, don't, not, not enough people don't know. Well, who eat that? I don't know. People don't eat that. Mm-hmm. Nobody in Atlanta going to eat all that. And now she got several slutty vegan vegan locations and people are standing in line at several locations. So, mm-hmm. and I asked her, you know, about overcoming negative spirits. And so the same thing with you, you know, because you have to sleep at home and sometimes you're the only person that looks in the mirror in the morning. And you look back and sometimes you have to answer the question that you that you're asking yourself, looking at yourself. How do you how did you overcome that? Uh, you know, who 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 stepped in and like put their arm around and said, we can do this? Or was it just you? Um, In the beginning, it was just, you know, myself, you know, in the beginning, even, you know, my family, everybody didn't think nothing was going to happen. So it was just myself in the beginning. I, you know, I was a waitress and I was like, I just I got to do something different. Um, so it was just me, and then me moving to Atlanta, my first mentor, Sabrina, she's the owner of the Glam University on, um, in Atlanta. Uh, I massaged her, I went to her event, and that's when the game just changed for me in Atlanta, and that's when I started the process to become a millionaire, um, and that was back in 2015. So she was the very first person, the Glam University on Instagram, who just, I don't know, like she just woke up something in me, and I just started seeing things you know, for myself, for my business that I just never imagined before. And that was my process to owning a seven-figure brand back in 2015 when I met her. Now, 2015, we're in 2020. Mm-hmm. Pandemic. Don't touch <laughs> nobody. Wear a mask. Shut it down. Shut it down. Black people overtly affected by the COVID-19 virus. No vaccine in sight. What is running through your mind? Oh, Lord, your faith being tested, your religion being tested. What did you, what were you thinking in March when all this was going down, Candace? So actually in March, um, I don't want to say I had a nervous breakdown. I don't want to speak that over myself. But I had about three days when I was just, couldn't think straight. I was crying. I was just like, what's going on? So I had about a three-day meltdown. Um, and after those three days, I got myself together. And I was like, hey, you know, my business must go on. You know, I see how to run my business. Um, so basically, we went heavy, heavy on retail. We just went really, really heavy on retail. Uh, you know, we started selling hand sanitizer. We started selling bags. We were selling at-home, you know, facial kits. We just went really, really heavy on education, really, really heavy on the retail. Even people who were never really on Instagram and Facebook and all these platforms before, you know, they flooded to those platforms because, you know, it's, it's an audience there. Um, and we just went crazy heavy on education. Um, and, of course, we took a lot of classes, you know, new sanitation classes, to, you know, let our clients know, future clients, existing clients, let them know, hey, we are making sure we are taking the extra precautions for whenever we do open back up um, to make sure your safety is a priority. And, of course, you know, our safety as well. So, I did a full class for my spa ball tribe. I own the largest African-American spa professional community in the world. And I did a whole 12-step class for everybody to show them what to do during the pandemic and what to do after the pandemic. And I am so honored that so many people are still in business right now to this day. 
Um, and we are surviving this pandemic, so this is a you know a really big deal for Scott Owner. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need Car Shield. Car Shield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. Car Shield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code money, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code money m-o-n-e-y to save 10 percent. that's carshield.com code money a deductible may apply welcome back to money making conversations i'm your host rashawn mcdonald so so first of all this is what i love about you so rashawn my business is basically touching people so i pivoted i had to pivot mm-hmm. and so and mm-hmm. doing that the mask you know which is a visionary mm-hmm. move. The hand sanitizers, which is another mm-hmm. visionary move. Because guess what? COVID-19 is not going anywhere. It's not. So mm-hmm. masks are going to be part of our life, our lives. Even if they get a virus, a vaccine, it's still going to be where I'm still going to be wearing a mask. I'm sorry. And so because that because I'm, I, I'm an African-American, I am 94 percent of the people who've died from COVID-19 are people who've already had pre-existing illnesses. So that lets you mm-hmm. know that, you know, when you hit a certain age group or you're an asthmatic or high blood pressure or uh, stuff, arteries, uh, clogged arteries, you are cancer. There's a lot of illnesses that sickle cell that uh, it allow you to understand that we have to be aware of what's going on. And so, like I said, you overcame that. Now, what snapped you out of that that little three day funk? I'm gonna call it a three day funk. You know, where you felt sorry for yourself. <laughs> I ain't gonna call it a nervous breakdown because we all have those moments, Candace. You know, where right. everything's going good and and you and you and you you know you you're not ready for it. You wasn't ready for it. You know, here's the thing. Right. You saw it coming, Candace, but you didn't want to plan for it because it, it was too much thought into it. And that's what that's the part that you slapped yourself on the back. And go snap out of this stupid. Right. You can do this. I actually, what snapped me out of it, Um, I saw B. Simone on Instagram, and she was, you know, heavily marketing her lipstick and heavily marketing her book, you know, and she showed up every day showing people, this how many people bought the book, you know, this how many people bought the lipstick. And I just thought to myself, like, you know, I got to continue to run my business no matter what. Um, So me just, Seeing her those three days continue to, um, to show up, that got me out of my funk. And I was like, I have to run my business. And so, you know, I just changed my whole mindset. I took the time to say, hey, you know, what can I see an offer? How can I see a be of value? Um, and those are the things that I came up with, with the mask, the hand sanitizer. I came up with those things and came back to the marketplace like nothing hadn't happened before. We were marketing hand sanitizer and, and face masks. Well, you know, the thing about it, you know, I've seen every photo I've seen of you smiling. You looking like you're enjoying life, <laughs> and so to tell me, Michelle, I I really got you know really traumatized me when this COVID thing popped up. I just don't imagine. I can't imagine your smile. Where did your smile go? Where did that energy go? I'm telling you, 
I lost two hundred thousand uh, dollars. I used to do China trips before COVID, so I would take people who are building a spot to China to meet the direct vendor to, you know, having a spot is expensive startup. So right. I used to take spot professionals to China to meet the vendors. Um, we had a really big trip planned. I lost two hundred thousand dollars in that three day period. That's another reason I was on the front. I also own an eighteen with a trucking company. Um, my, one of my trucks had broke down. That was like another four thousand dollars to get fixed. So that was like a two hundred four. You know, it was a big loss for the three days. So I was mm-hmm. just in a funk. And then the COVID was here in the flesh in the United States, and it was just like everything was just hitting me at one time. And I just I had to get my, myself together over them three days. Okay, cool. The Black Spa Magazine. Let's go back to because we kind of got it. Kind of got started on convincing black people. It's all right mm-hmm. to lay down and be touched and work up <laughs> and feel good. Now, I yes. would, how did you do it? How? I don't see them. Where, yeah. where did you find these black people, Candace? I have never seen. I've been they all over this me. country. I've been on cruise ships. I have not seen black people show up. I've never went in a spa and another black person was sitting in there waiting. Where they, did you find these black me. people? I'm they found me. Um, I I was and that's the thing too. When I moved to Atlanta, you know, I targeted influencers. I targeted, you know, celebrities. And so, you know, if they shout you out, you know, the floodgates are gonna open. So that was one of my marketing strategies. So all of these people found me um, via Instagram and Facebook with the use of good hashtags. Good. Now, with that being said. What is a good massage? Because I can like I'm telling you something. I've had that deep tissue massage. Lord have mm-hmm. mercy. That is so painful. I've, I've made that mistake twice <laughs> in my life. I thought I could man up and go through that. No, 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 no. That deep tissue got I something working on your child. Uh-uh. So what is what is a, a, a softy like me, a wimp, that just want to lay down and do a good massage, wake up feeling good? You know, I'm out of shape. So I'm not, you're not going to worry about no <laughs> hamstring pulls or anything like that or any muscles that is going to fly out or my arm ain't going to just fly back and just slap you because you, you touch a really muscular moment in my arms. What's a good massage there, Candace? So when it comes to a good massage, it's really not a good massage. It's a good therapist. It's a good it's one? A good therapy. Massage therapy because a, a good massage therapist, like whoever's doing your massage, they need to be good. So, if you come to me and I do the proper consultation and you're telling me, hey, I had a, and even if you had a deep tissue massage and you hated it, your therapist should have asked you, hey, is this pressure okay? So if you're in pain, she can ease up, you know, because that's mm. not what you want. But I tell, I tell most people, um, you can get a relaxation massage, but you get it with trigger points. So I definitely, I'm definitely going to relax you, but let's just say your neck has been hurting or mm-hmm. your shoulder has been hurting. I'm going to put a little bit more emphasis on those points and it's called a trigger point um, to relieve that pain for you. But the majority of the massage is going to be relaxation. So I am not hurting you. So you got to make sure you let your therapist know exactly what you want. And anytime during a massage, anybody who listens to this, if you are in pain, make sure you let your therapist know because they will keep on going at the pressure point. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Eh, I'm going to tell you something. I made that mistake. <laughs> I will not do a deep tissue. I've tried it. I thought that was, I, I don't know what was running through my mind. Well, you know, and you, it, but first of all, once the pain hits you, the spa experience is over with, as far as I'm concerned. So, exactly. you know, you know, cause like you said, it's therapy. You know, it's, you're supposed to relax. And so that's like somebody throwing cold water on you in bed. Woo! You're not going to go back to sleep. 
I don't care if you try <laughs> off. You're not going to go back to sleep. You're going to be mad. You're going to be thinking about it. Is this person going to hurt me again? Or is this person going to throw more cold water on me? They'll, they'll, they're just standing over there smiling. They won't go, won't join you in bed and go to sleep. <laughs> so same thing with a person who's massaging me. They might ease up, but are they going to hit me again? Maybe they don't listen real well. That happened to me twice. So that's the deep tissue massage. On the other hand, I've learned the type of massages that work for me, and I've been very happy experiencing the massages. Now, now, as Thank you, me. what is the worst customer for you uh, to come in there? A grumpy person, a person who is impatient, a person. Uh, what is the worst type of uh, person to give a massage to? Um, the worst person will probably be people who want happy endings. That's the worst person. I know. You know I, I pride know. myself. I pride myself on being um, professional. professional. So you know, for for us as a woman, um, you know, that's our worst nightmare to get a client. You know, who's doing those type of things. You know, they don't want cover on them. You know, they want to be fully exposed. Mm. Um, they want us to. You ain't got to worry about me. You have to higher. tell me to take clothes. Off. Can you take some clothes <laughs> off? Uh, sorry. Can I just lower my, 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 my underwear to the top of my butt? I, I just can't do the, the whole new thing. I'm sorry, Ken. You be like, Rashawn, look. You would be surprised. Huh? I got horror stories. I have horror stories. I know, because you're attractive. And I'm telling you, I massage over 15,000 people over my seven-year, um, you know, career as a massage therapist. So it's a lot of stories, but that's that's the worst client to get those those type of clients that you know put us in awkward situations. Absolutely, and you have to. Hey, it ain't enough money here. We won't talk a moment. I've mean, survived right. this moment. So now let's talk about <laughs> the second annual spa expo. What exactly is a spa expo? Oh my God! So the Spy Expo is so near and dear to my heart. Uh, I know you, I'm just smiling so big over here. The Spy Expo is the only Black Spy Expo in the world. It used to be a two-day event, but of course it's COVID, so it's only a one-day event this year. We also have an online option. We have over 30 guest speakers, um, and it's, it's another expo in the world. Um, but of course. It's not, you know, created by black people. It's not necessarily targeted for us. So it's an expo. It's different things going on um, at different times. So spa professionals can come. They can take um, refresher courses. So like if somebody is a massage therapist, they can go to a, a new class to learn how to better be a massage therapist on a skill set level. Um, and then we have wealth building classes. Hey, do you know about the life insurance? Do you know about um, finances? Do you know about passive income? And then we also heavy, heavy focus on marketing because I, I feel like everybody needs to know how to market your business so you can get customers. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot going on at one time, um, but it's so amazing. We did it last year, which is the same thing we we're going to do it. So I, I am so honored and excited for the spot. So it's for all black spot beauty, health, and wellness professionals. Um, it's made by us. It's just for us. And it's from our vantage point, so we really can understand how to run our businesses. It's not just about going to school to learn how to do massage or facial. We need to know the business part, and that's not being taught enough. Uh, so we heavily focusing on how to run the business, how to how to scale the business to, you know, a three hundred, five hundred thousand million dollar business. So we heavily mm. heavily educating on that. It's the only Black Fire Expo in the world. Girl, you doing it. Now, let, you know, the thing about it I like about you, first of all, your personality, you know, is even kill. 
even though you tell me, Rashawn, I've been put in a situation I just could not believe in. I'm just so frustrated and mad when people compromise the integrity of my business and look at me not as a business person, but as an object. And you have to deal yeah. with that because you're just trying to be an entrepreneur. And you're trying to be an entrepreneur in a business that that uh, that 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 people will tell you there's no market for. And that's being a, in the black right. small business. Now, when did you right. feel that this could work? You said, you know something? Because we always have those little moments. We go, I think I'm on to something. When did that I think I'm on to something moment hit you? Um, that was when I got on Groupon. I am a black spot owner from Mississippi, Tennessee, and I got on Groupon. When I first reached out to Groupon, they told me that they couldn't help me. It was nothing for me. I was like, okay. Um, and months later, they ended up calling me back saying, hey, we have an opening. We want to feature you. Um, and I got on Groupon because I was just like, you know, small timing at the time. And I got on there, and I want to say I made like $6,000 in two days. That was my first time making that type of money. They had me back in like maybe 2011, maybe 2012. Um, and that's when it hit me to like, hey, I'm on to something. When I made the 6000 in two days, that that's what it was for me. You were rubbing on some people in them two days. When you were just, <laughs> your hands uh-huh. were working. You were doing like, what, 12-hour shifts? You you had them. There wasn't well, no short days. And what Groupon sells the gift card to your spa. So they mm-hmm. they pay you before you ever do the service. Woo, girl. So you was getting that money, that, 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 that what does they say, mailbox money. You weren't even mm-hmm. working for that yeah. money yet. Not in the, well, now, you know, in 2020, they have changed the rules. But back then, um, anything you sold in a four-day window, you got 85% of the upfront. So, like, my first check they ever gave me was, like, $6,000. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on to something here. And mm-hmm. you know, that was my eye opener when I got a coupon. That's 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 impressive. So so, can you give us a date on? Now I got a newsletter going out this Wednesday. I'd like to feature your um, spa, Black Spa, and second annual in there. Can you send me some banners, some links, so we can uh, get the yeah. word out? I'm not saying you know you got to be you. You've been successful without Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversation. I'm saying, <laughs> but that's why I built the franchise because I want to take entrepreneurs like you and realize that you have a place. If you have something you want to promote, just come to Rashawn. Just come to Rashawn. Call Rashawn. Rashawn. No, no, it's amazing. Rashawn. Now, for free now. I'm not, I don't, I don't charge people for this because I got the blessing. My blessing is I'm talking to you. My blessing is that I wake up every day to have a conversation and realize that I can make a difference in this world. And when I talk to an individual like you who have, who are, who is redefining the game, because I, you know, I've been in this business. I, I, we, uh, Steve Harvey, we did a lot of things together on radio. And the one thing that always frustra- frustrated me was the perception of black people. Of what people think mm. of us, you know, and it, it plays mm. out, yeah, in the social and the civil unrest that we have out there. But they don't see us in in technology, you know. We get no respect there. We get no respect in the sciences, you know. We get no, you know, they 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 feel that we're, you know, on the average, they're good black people and they're bad black people, you know, that perception. And then when you tell me about the spa industry, I joke. And I say, and I'm telling the absolute truth, but then if nobody tries and makes an attempt to create that market and has a value proposition that the market says we want to be a part of, then it cannot happen. And you've done that. Congratulations. I really wanted to say that as part of my intro to you and telling you that, hey, you are a winner. 
and keep winning because of the fact that you were doing something that was that people said. You say, I, Richard, I was a waitress for 13 years. Okay, I just got tired of mm-hmm. knowing that on Thanksgiving, I'm going to get this. <laughs> on New Year's Eve, I'm going to get this. <laughs> Valentine's Day, I'm going to get this. Uh, Easter weekend, I'm going to get this. I know the dates. I know them. <laughs> right, right. I know them. But, you know, if, if I know that, then guess what? You know, you know, then you know it too. And you realize that, you know, some, this, is about the, this is the top of the mountain for me. I'm going to go bet on myself and you have bet on yourself and you about to enter into your second annual. And the blessing is you're coming out of the COVID. They're allowing you to do this. You won't have a, a breakdown or a moment like you had in March. <laughs> the sky is the limit. Your future is bright. You're down in Cabo, down in Cabo, Mexico. Yes, yes. So anything you want to say before we wrap this up, my friend? Any any marketing gems? Anything you want to promote? Drive people to your website? This is Money Making Conversation, Candace Holyfield. I created this platform for you. I first want to say um, I thank you so, so much. I appreciate you for the opportunity. That's guess number one and foremost. Um, number two, they can go to Google and type in Spa Queen Expo, and the link will pop right up. So they can check me out. I'm five-star, highly rated on Google. Go check me out, Six Figure Spa Chick Candy Colleyfield. Follow me over on Instagram. That is my largest uh, real estate over on Instagram, Six Figure Spa Chick. As far as marketing tips, if anybody, no matter what you are doing, you need to have a lead magnet. You need to make sure you are getting leads every single day. It is always money in your active list. So everybody needs to keep that in mind at all times. You weren't lying, girl. I t- typed in Spa Queen Expo. You was number one. <laughs> they got yes, Spa Queen yes, New York, yes. Queen. Nope, 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 nope. They all behind Spa Queen Expo. <laughs> September 19, yes. 2020, Wealth Building Education, yes. Refresher Courses, Spa Hall of Fame Exhibit, Seven Figure Mastermind Session. You see these six beautiful ladies on the cover, including my person, the person that I'm interviewing, Candice Holyfield. Congratulations. We're going to put this in my newsletter. I'm going to take this right here and just put it Thank in my you. newsletter. It's going to go out Wednesday because guess what? I promote greatness. And young lady, you are great. Okay. Thank you so so much. This is so amazing. I appreciate you. We talk soon. I appreciate you. Go back and go back there with your people. Enjoy yourself, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna post some stuff this Wednesday. Get some more tickets sold for you. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye. If you want to hear more money making conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. <laughs>